I love the part that we're gonna. Uh, I don't want to leave, girl, your show, but I got excited when it Let's said. Let's talk about it. Come on. It said because for God has already approved and accepted your works. Yes. Favorite part. Favorite part. Favorite part. As a believer, as a Christian, and as a woman of God who's already chasing the heart of God, he's approved and accepted the fact that my heart wants and desires to be in alignment with him. Therefore, my comparisons, all of my extra trying to do the most is unnecessary. Thank you for tuning in to the Redefining You podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Ms. Gabrielle Victoria. She and I will be diving into how to balance both being feminine and beautiful and a faith girl. If you've been on the struggle bus, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Hey, you. Welcome back to the Redefining You podcast episode six and it is season two y'all and we are going higher and higher i'm your host lindria win and i'm so 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 excited about this episode because we've got another banger y'all we've got another jane of all trades joining us today before we get into all the good stuff do me a favor go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you haven't we're getting more and more and more views but I don't see very many subscribers. We're always more views than we are subscribers. And that just either means you're coming back for seconds and thirds, which you can do, get yours. But if you haven't committed, go ahead and commit to the fan bam. We'd love to have you. On to other news. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome the beautiful Miss Gabrielle Victoria, aka Gabby. Also, Gabrielle Agnew, (laughs) y'all. My government name. All the names, y'all. All the names. How are you? (laughs) Oh, goodness, y'all. Gabby is, she is a gem, okay? She is a gem. But let me tell you a little bit about Gabby professionally. So Gabby is, uh, I'm so proud of her. I'm just so proud of you because she is a whole business owner out here. She is a millennial thought leader. First and foremost, so let's put some respect on her name. She's she's credentialed, y'all. She's doing this thing. And she's been so effective in this space of professionalism and just branding and helping, you know, get thoughts that are in your mind onto paper and then carrying it through events. She's just gifted in that that way, y'all. So if y'all looking for some things, definitely check out GV Innovative Strategies, which she is the CEO of, okay? It's a success center for professionals business owners, and small businesses. That's who Gabby is professionally, but talents, gifts, this girl's got them all, okay? She's a bad performer. She's stages. She gonna, she gonna do the thing every time, every time, y'all. So help me welcome Gabby. It's so good to have you here, boo. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Y'all, I really do love Dree. You have to tell them how we met, Dree, because I know your last guest also met the same way. So yes. Dree is just writing us all in from... You know how they say when you're in college, you meet like your people that you don't know who's going to be your people until you get out of school for real, for real. (laughs) It's one of those things where as life progresses and you get get older, you get kids, family, career, the whole thing, as life progresses, you really figure out like, well, you know, we didn't really connect them, but she's all right. She's the one. Right. This was my soprano sister. (laughs) We also met in the UCF Gospel and Cultural Choir and Gabby, an amazing songbird, okay? But she's not just going to sing, y'all. She's going to put on a show, okay? She is going to perform. She just has this presence about her. I mean, Gabby, tell me, you've been in in pageants. You actually kind of started that presentation piece in pageantry and like, the debutante balls and things like that. So tell them a little bit about you. Like, how did Gabby kind of evolve into this, this gem of a woman that she is? Oh, girl, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate that introduction. I'm going to have to record <laughs> that and, and let that be my presentation. Right, it's going to be your playback every time. <laughs> so no, uh, Dre is completely correct. Um, started in pageants when I was about 12 or 13 in the Miss America organization. And, ooh, that was 
such a turning point for me, obviously because of the presentation on stage, I was attracted to it because I was already a performer. I've been singing since I was in church, three years old. And then my dream was always to be an onstage performer of all things, dance, acting, modeling, um, singing, of course. And so pageantry seemed like a really well-rounded way to enter into that realm, but still um, exposed me to the world and culture and education. And I like the fact that it also involved interviews. So that's how I started when I was young, young, young. From there, I've always just been singing. I've always been asked to sing at weddings and different parties. And then I went to college and I decided to hone that gift as well. Um, and from there, I've just, <laughs> like she said, a, a little jack of all trades, the jade of all trades. I really just enjoy being on stage. I enjoy creating moments. I think music has always been my escape. Um, I've written songs. I've done a little demo album. I've done all yes. that. I've dabbled in it. <laughs> Um, and from there, I've kind of just transitioned more into the corporate world, the entrepreneurial world and the professional world, because I really think that there's a space for black women to prosper, to show our gifts and talents unapologetically. And there's so many hidden tools and strategies that our counterparts, they've learned the ropes. And so I, I liked for us to be able to have that same opportunity to know where, who we are, where we are, and how we can make the most impact. And so that's what I've dedicated the last five years of my career to doing, is making sure that businesses, women, minorities that look and come from the same backgrounds as we do, have the same opportunities, feel just as equipped, and are prepared for the world. Absolutely. That is that's so good, true. Gabby, because... That's what we do. <laughs> that is so good. Like, she just, she just said something that was just so profound especially as Black women, um, we, we, we've been owning this beauty space for a while. Like we've always been, you know, the trophy, the arm candy, yes. but you put a, you, you put a little intellect behind that thing and you're not just beautiful, but you know your stuff and you add that, that successful piece. It can be such a domineering thing. Unfortunately for many people, Powerful. it can feel intimidating, when you really start to own and walk in your power, like this weekend, I actually just flew back from Philly. Mm -hmm. I was on the main stage at an event. And so I operate in the corporate space as well. And I had the opportunity to do a 20 minute training presentation for hundreds of people on the main stage. It was like a complete thing. And okay. immediately when I was given the opportunity, I kind of shied away. Like, no, I don't see nobody up there like me looking like that. Then Lord, mind you, me and the Holy Spirit had a conversation on the way to the office that morning. Right. I unlocked something in the spirit. When we were talking, boom, the opportunity was there. And it immediately reminded me, no, you were created for this space. You belong in that room. You belong in that role. Like own it and do the darn thing. And I did it. I, I did that darn thing. Okay. I was so surprised and I got such, you know, compliments from those that didn't look like me mm -hmm. and those that looked exactly like me. Like we had mm -hmm. a couple moments in the bathroom with, with just people that look like me. Yes. I was so happy to see you in that space. I'm so yes. happy to see us in that space winning. And Gabby, the way that you're cultivating that for other you know, women, that's so powerful. That's so meaningful because we need more of that. We need more of us represented in those spaces that you know weren't necessarily built for us but they were built for us, you know? Right. Absolutely. And there's so much that we have to give as Black women. Um, there's a level of, you said, strength. There's a level of versatility. There's a level of just power that we have as Black women. And like you said, there's so many times that we want to play it safe. We want to downplay. And I hope that we talk about that because for so long, playing it safe, kind of dimming our shine, dimming my light to make sure others are comfortable yeah. with the way that we subscribe to life. <laughs> and Absolutely. I no longer subscribe to that because I feel like there is just enough shine that all of us really should be walking in our fullness. Absolutely. All the time. So yeah. I'm so proud of you, Drew. Good for you. Thank you, boo. Thank you. And we, we were called to do that. We're going to move into the, the title of this segment. So the episode is actually called Saved, Saucy, and Successful. Mm -hmm. All the S's. 
all the S's. And what better person to talk about this than with this beautiful gym herself? So Gabby, help us understand. So I know that you kind of started, you know, your your work on stage in the pageantry field, but you know, being a woman of faith, you know, I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a church girl. I was born and raised in the church. And I also, you know, remember very vividly what I saw women in the church wearing. Like I remember what church clothes look like and what they look like today. (laughs) It's a little different, but I so much prefer today's church clothes than yesteryear's church clothes Mm. because we've been kind of ingrained and conditioned to shy away from our uniqueness, our individuality. We've been, you know, even pushed into hiding the very thing that God created us, the, the way that he built us, we've been conditioned to hide those things. So mm-hmm. help us understand like your, what that transition of, you know, being out on stage, being, you know, a church girl yourself, mm-hmm. what was that transition like? Because the, the Miss America, you know, foundation, that's, that's more commercial. That's more worldly Absolutely. than it Absolutely. is church girl. So help us understand what that transition was like and some of the the challenges you faced there. Yes. So I am a church girl through and through. Um, I come from a family of preachers, clergy women, clergymen. So I was in church four days out the week. (laughs) I was in choir. I was on the youth council. So I was very much raised in church. And then let me add on top of that, um, I went to Baptist church. I was at one point AME. <laughs> My mom was Pentecostal. Um, I went to Christian school from elementary until ninth grade. And then I went to Catholic school from 10th grade until 12th. My so Lord. girl, church, 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 church. <laughs> but my transition as far as my womanhood and what I saw to be my path so I don't know if you watched the um, Kev on stage, his wife, Mrs. Kev on stage had a very similar story to mine. And the reason I bring her up is because I not I did not have language until I heard her testimony. It gave me the vocabulary to be able to speak about it. There was the purity movement and women in the 80s and 90s going through that purity movement literally taught us to be conservative, to be quiet, to be the saved and sanctified meant that you also could not really truly embrace full femininity or womanhood. And so goodness gracious, Drew, I did not feel comfortable to even use the word sex, to use the word sexy, to use the word sensual, to use the word saucy until about three years ago. And I am going on 30. So it was a deep, deep, deep conditioning where Holiness is yet right. That's the way you travel through life. Being classy, being elegant, being sophisticated looks one way. And um, no shade to my mother and my grandmothers who are remarkable women, fashionable women. Um, Thank God that they were able to tread that line of religious versus secular because they all worked in the corporate space. They had their own careers. They were their own women. Um, my grandmother was one of the first Black women to infiltrate the White House. It's one of the secretaries and stylists for them. My mom, Miss America at one point. So they've all, I've seen both sides. So thank God I had that balance outside of church and outside of school. And so I think a lot of my womanhood about beauty, perceptions of beauty, perceptions of who I need to be, all were very well-rounded. So it wasn't just about what clothes I had on my back, but they made sure that I was sharp, that I was cultured, that I saw the world. I've been to several different countries and different continents. They made sure that there was more to me than meets the eye. And that is also why I was able, and I think I leaned into that more than I ever did any physical attributes of mine. I always was making sure I was well-spoken, that I was kind, that I could deal with anyone from any culture, from any background. And to me, that was beauty. Yeah. So- I think the way that I transition now is I've been really studying and being intentional and prayerful about what does 
what does God say to me about the parts and the pieces that he's given us just anatomically, just as women, there's a, a part of us that he created and, de and designed to be sexual and to be fun and to be sassy, but how do we do that in a way that still honors him? And I've always kind of, I've gone back and forth with what that really meant because I've just felt so uncomfortable. Everything about sex, but it, everything about being in that space felt uncomfortable. And I just felt like I needed to be so straight laced in order to be the woman that my grandmothers and my mother would be proud of. Absolutely. Mm. it's been a journey girl and I'm yeah. now at the place where I have redefined what those words mean to me when I hear and, and this is going to go back to even some of the ways that I interacted with um the opposite sex where mm -hmm. you know there's girls in my class when we were younger growing up I was a late bloomer sis very late very late bloomer <laughs> <laughs> everything came late for me and seeing I think I was a product of comparison on top of the purity movement. So let me, I guess, back up and share, share with everyone what that purity movement means. Mm -hmm. um, it was a time where in growing up in the church, there's taboo topics, but they're very real and there's things they're they're very true. So when it came to topics about sex, topics about fashion, topics about um, being confident and what those meant as a woman in 20, in 2000, in 1995, in, in 2005, yeah. we did not have those conversations. They told you what not to do. Mm. They told you who not to be, but you really were left open and left with a gap to fill of who am I and who can I be yeah. and what does it look like? Um, and there was a lot of fear tactics in don't date, don't have sex, don't engage the opposite sex. You know, don't lean into your sexuality because you'll be labeled such and such. It can lead to, you know, it's not, it's against God's will. It was just very white or black. There was yeah. no conversation. There was no room for exploration. There was no room for transparency. So a lot of the things that I think the secular world, the benefits of talking about those things at younger ages, I didn't have that. I just knew don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now I'm, I'm, within the last three to five years, I've really taken it upon myself and my personal relationship with God has matured where him and I are redefining what that means and what that looks like and how that works for Gabrielle. Cause it's still not society's norms, yeah. but it also is not as rigid as when I grew up. Exactly. Yeah. It's so important for you to have a of personal relationship with God mm -hmm. and you and the Holy spirit need to be like this because the, the very, the very down to the wire, the things that you put on your back, the way that you carry yourself, mm -hmm. all of those things at no point when the Holy Spirit and you are, you know, like this, he's never going to allow you to compromise those things because right. you will be very much so aware of yes. the anointing that you carry, of the call yep. that you have on your life. And when the Holy Spirit is a part of that thing, he allows all of those things to work together fluidly and perfectly and without conflict. And yeah. one of the things that I know that we're meant to do, we're meant to be disciples and to, you know, spread the gospel and to ultimately draw others into the kingdom. And I think the world, um, and when I say the world, church people, um, their, their viewpoint of that is, well, if you send in mixed messages, if if you you you're, you're turning them on, you can't you can't draw them. And here's I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I know. <laughs> I have been able to minister to, encourage, talk about God more mm -hmm. when I am not in my Sunday's best. Mm -hmm. When I'm dressed for date night, mm -hmm. when I'm dressed for girls' weekend, then the opposite you know when I am dressed when I look like you but there's automatically a, a general respect when you see me and you're like oh you look cute you look yeah. good I can yeah. say thank you and then they've gotten a piece of my personality they've gotten a piece because when you're anointed when you're a woman of God you automatically carry a light and they may not know what it is about you you can be in the same outfit because you're a woman of God 
the way that you walk, the way that you carry that thing, it's magnetic for people who don't know him. Yes. It's magnetic for them. And you drawing them in, you getting them, oh, you look like me, but wait, you're not like me. How, what is, what is this? It opens so many doors. It opens so many doors for you to share the love of God and then help them reframe their mind. So I don't have to be this dowdy, this covered, this, I don't feel comfortable. It makes me itch to be covered to my earlobes. Like it helps them understand. It helps believers or non-believers understand that anyone can be drawn to the father and the progression, the changing, the evolution that he will do on the inside of you, helping you, you know, go from your, your, your club outfit to a, a more covered or whatever version of it. I think mm-hmm. that is so powerful. I think it's so powerful when you get to a place where you are understanding who you are in Christ, because it's going to show up in every area of your life. Absolutely. And I think there's a confidence and a light that is internal. Um, And speaking about the Holy Spirit, before I didn't have the language to really understand what is it that makes me really different. You know, when I walk into a room, why is it that I command attention? Why is it that people are drawn to this or to me or to what I've said or, you know, how I just I haven't even opened my mouth yet. And I never quite knew what that was. Yeah. Um, But I think it's really important to know the reason why I can do this and it looks a certain way and you can literally have on the exact same thing and it doesn't quite look the same is one, because God created us all different. Exactly. And so our physically, we have different looks and that's a beautiful design by the, by the creator. But secondly, there is a, I call it a je ne sais quoi that, each of us carries. And for me, it allows me to be in a space where there's a grace, there's poise. I consider myself to be very elegant and classy. And so there's just certain ways that you carry yourself, no matter what's on my back, it will always look classy. Yeah. You know, I will always come across that way. And I think, um, for instance, a few years ago, I I ventured into starting, not ventured, I, I started a nonprofit then COVID kind of thwarted that dream and I need to re, re, <laughs> revisit that. But one of my passions was to show young girls that society's norms of beauty, society's norms of what a woman should be, could be, will be, um, is not necessarily defined by what you see on your phone and what you see in magazines and what you see on TV. Yes, you can be gorgeous. Yes, you can dress well. Yes, you can come into a room and command attention and you can do it by doing the right things. You can command the yeah. right kind of attention. You can turn the heads for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pride that my mother and my grandmother's instilled in me is just making sure that, you know, when you walk out of the house, be confident in what you're wearing and who you are. But that inner pride, that inner um, just light that's intrinsic because of who you are and who you already know God has made you to be. So I'm unapologetic in any room I walk into. And, you know, sometimes it's misconstrued as, as arrogance, but not, not, I now have language to know, no, that's Holy Spirit. You're attracting the light that needs to come to you. And those who aren't quite ready for that light, you know, they may have naysayers and, you know, they may feel away, but eventually they'll come around. And when they find their own light, they'll look back and be like, wow, that's what she was. It wasn't negative. It was just, I wasn't quite ready as well. And I think either way it goes, we've inspired people to be better by just being ourselves, by just being ourselves. Absolutely. That, that correction without you having to open your mouth is power. That is, that is power. There is so much you can say without opening your mouth. Absolutely. The the presence that you command, the the attention that you command when you walk in a room, the way that you carry yourself when you walk in a room. Like I Mm -hmm. said, that we do so much by just showing up. Absolutely. Just showing up authentically. And smiling. Yes. And having your head held high and walking a strong walk. I, I, I am a firm believer that the way you walk tells me everything I need to know about you. Yeah. And I know y'all used to get on me in college about, you know, Gabby, you walk like this. And 
she gonna sashay. Hear me. Everywhere you go is a runway, baby. Yes. I walk with a purpose everywhere that I go. Yes. And I will not apologize. I will not change it. I, I used to want to maybe tone it down. Uh-uh. Can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all. It is so interesting just watching your evolution as a woman. Cause I'll, I'll be honest and say when we met in college, I was never one of the ones like, oh, she, she thinks she all that, but it was a, she, that girl good. I don't know if the Lord just never gave me the hate and bone in my body. I, I've just never been the hater. I, I just didn't have it in me. Like if anything, I would find things in people that, you know, excite me. Mm -hmm. I aspire to be like one day. And when I, anytime I see Gabby, Gabby is one of the most beautiful women that you will meet because not only does her external beauty, you know, just speak volumes, she's internally beautiful, y'all. Like she's genuinely internally beautiful. That, that is beauty. That's so beautiful to me. Like she is, she is a gift. She is <laughs> genuinely a gift, y'all. She really is her friendship, the way that she connects with people, the way she, she genuinely cares for people. I mean, it's, you don't meet very many people like that. And a lot, like you said, a lot of people, it can be misconstrued for arrogance because they have not yet settled into themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest and say my evolution of this version of me has taken a while because I started my journey of motherhood at the tender age of 24. I was a whole mama. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to understand, you know, how I'm wearing a maternity bra that I can go pump in the bathroom with. It's it's different levels of my yeah. evolution into womanhood and what Absolutely. I feel beautiful and sexy and attractive and appealing is has changed as my body has changed as I've taken ownership of, you know, more of my fitness journey and my health journey. Mm -hmm. I've always, you know, felt beautiful because from, from childhood, I've always been told that I've been ingrained, you are beautiful externally. Absolutely. But as I've grown up, like I have, you know, started to venture into different things that make me feel mm -hmm. equally beautiful on the That's outside. It, That's it. And I think part of my evolution has been separating, you, you kind of touched on it separating i always knew and heard that i was beautiful but feeling sexy yes. feeling um gorgeous for myself without that validation from others like if no one else told me i was beautiful another day in my life would i feel this way looking at myself in the mirror right um girl that happened recently and i have to be very honest you know all my life i've heard oh she's so pretty oh you have great da -da -da -da. it was it was there but I don't know so much that I believed it yeah. until I really became a good grown adult, had my own life experiences, had my own relationship with God, had some failed relationships with friends and lovers and really had to do some self-reflection and self-love and self-building yeah. because I was wrestling on a lot of laurels. Like I rested on the fact that well, I know I'm smart. I know I'm a great catch. I know I'm domestic. I know that I would, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time a man told me that you're wife material, you're the kind of woman I want to bring home. I just don't, I just can't date you right now because I'm not ready. That is such a, it's a beautiful compliment on the surface, yeah. but it's such a lonely compliment underneath. Yeah. Because for most of my life, I didn't get the same attention as all the other girls. You know, they were va va voom and they were flirty and they were sensual. And I was, that was a foreign language to me. So mm -hmm. feeling beautiful was not necessarily something I existed in. Wow. I just knew on in pictures, I looked at myself and said, oh girl, yes. But really embracing that full side because I think part of being feminine is yes being elegant yes being classy yes being sophisticated yes being mystique and mysterious but also being sexual uh, sexual and um sensual yeah in a way that is is 
comfortable for you. And I just never felt like I could be that until recently. And that was a lot of therapy. Um, it came from heartbreak. I will say the best parts of me were born out of grief. Mm. The strongest parts of me were born out of despair. And the parts that I really appreciate about myself, the the body I have, the body that I don't have, you know, because I'm, I'll be transparent, girl. I barely feel a B cup. So, <laughs> but you know, the body that I see every man wants on on Instagram is clearly not what I have. But yeah. just loving what I have, in spite of, and not even just in spite of, but because of what this body is attached to, you know, this, this is a unicorn, you know, this is rare. And I had to believe that for myself. Yeah. You know, everyone else around me said it. Oh, Gabby, you're not, you know, you're gorgeous. You should, you're going to bounce back. Da, 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 da. That's great to hear, but I don't feel that way because at the end of the day, I'm very lonely because a woman who is, hmm, this is going to be hard to hear, but a woman who is wife material, is literally the bottom of the totem pole in today's generation. Wow. And I've lived that. I'm a living, breathing testimony of that. Um, and that really played a part of my confidence and how beautiful I actually thought I was. Because I said, if all of you say I'm so beautiful, why am I still alone? You know, why am I not attracting the same men that the other women that you say are not? You know, it's just a lot of comparison and negativity and questioning like am I really my worth you know am I really as beautiful as I think I am as they think that I am and is my the beauty that I've cultivated in my heart and in my mind is that not translating out mm. it was it's been such a journey just really trying to reprogram my mind and my experiences to match what I've been told for 25 years Wow. Gabby, you just said a whole mouthful. And here's, here's what I want to address because we, me, um, while we had similar upbringings, we had completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. You were the late bloomer. I was the early bloomer. I was bigger than most <laughs> for all my life. And here's, here's the thing. Dream, you have the bye-bye boom. So don't, don't play. Here's don't the play. thing. I've, I've been, I've been developed for a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what I realized is that that attention, because I was nowhere near that girl that was going to fall into that temptation, mm -hmm. um, I was kind of treated like a tease because they just anticipated because I was built that way because my butt protruded because my breasts were budding at the tender age of 13, 14, that I was going, I was about that life. And I was not, right. I just was not. My mother and I had a very, very candid conversation. Um, when I got my period, I was mm -hmm. one of those ones that got my period in fifth grade, mm. fifth grade. For me, I didn't even really understand what sex was in fifth grade. Just to be honest with you. When my mama asked me if I knew, I said it was just when women and men, they'd be touching and rubbing together because that's what I saw on the TV. I'm just being honest and take my business. And I was like, no, not quite. You know, nowadays, somebody asks you what sex and you tend, you gonna know because you yeah, look, the borderline seen it on the TV. More. Yes, the kids nowadays. You borderline seen it on the TV. But I didn't really know. So my mom really had to break that thing down for me. And as I got older and as I, you know, really started to express an interest um, in dating or, you know, having a real boyfriend, um, she was like, listen, let me explain something to you. You're not supposed to be having sex. But if you feel the need to do so, you better tell me and I'll put you on birth control and you better sneak like you're not doing it. Okay. Because I'm not going to be nobody's grandmother. And that was just, Shirley Davis. Absolutely. I'm just put it out there. It immediately eliminated the 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 wonder, the mystery for me. <laughs> so I did not um, lose my virginity, start having sex until I was grown out of my mama's house, and it could have been just a respect thing, because mm -hmm. you know, I, my mama been through enough. Ain't no need for me to bring no more shame, no more nothing, nothing. on this lady. She has been through enough. Mama let said, me, "Don't let me just give her a free ride," because I just can't. 
I just cannot. Right. The confidence that I have now, I did not have five years ago. Mm. Um, my youngest son is five. And the level of love and care and intentionality that I put into my temple now, mm. I didn't care five years ago. My self-esteem yes. was nowhere near what it is five years ago. And here's, you just said something that was just so profound because as I've journeyed through different things in my life and my marriage, and I'll be honest, you know, considering being single again, there's just been all kinds of stuff. I've been married for almost nine years. So you better understand this marriage thing ain't for the faint of heart. Shout out to Julius. As I'm just saying, shout out, Ju. We, we still in this thing. We, we still fighting. But as I've started to think about it, and as I've started to become more successful and more well-rounded in my craft and being propelled and positioned, making more money, whatever it is, more of a threat, more of wifey material, more of the dream, I can see how that could be a lonely life. I could see it because the ones that would have, you know, tried to say something to me when I was in my early 20s or what have you before I got this level of confidence, they're the quietest. The men in the circles that I'm introduced to nowadays are much more elite. The ones that, you know, you want to have, you know, wealth, you want them to have those, those things. That's, that's a very small group of men. So I can see how that could be lonely. I could see because you are seen as a threat. You are seen as too much. You see, you're seen as taking up too much space. Not only do you have a relationship with God, so there's a level of care and there's a level of fullness that you walk with. When you're meeting people, we're all broken in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. But when you're trying to be whole, and you're taking hold of your, your journey and you're making sure that you're intentional in your healing and you're on top of that thing, there's nothing more dangerous than a woman that's committed to heal. I've learned that. There's nothing more dangerous, not only not to you know harm people, but from a, the enemy's perspective, because he seeks to deceive. He seeks to devour us. And he starts in our mind. Mm-hmm. Like until we can really get to a place where we have learned who God is and who God is to us, we're always, you know, we can always be attacked. We can always be defeated because we have not built up that spiritual and that mental fortitude to be able to defeat the enemy and counteract the lies that he tells us about ourselves, because that's really what it is. Many of us, for me, I was living a lie. I believe the lies of the enemy about myself that he had told me, that experiences, heartbreak, whatever had had kind of taught me. I had to unlearn those things and kind of walk in the fullness of God and understand that he's not a God of lack and he's not a God that is going to allow us to go without. So even if the the without right now feels lonely, the, the next, the promise that he has for us, we have to kind of be, you know, intentional in our journey and intentional in that, that holding, holding up the, the bloodstained banner as the, as the saints call it, because a woman that is saved, that is saucy, that is successful is so rare. Yes. It's so rare. It is. And I feel, um, blessed. So I, I think, <laughs> even in the struggle and I think in the transition, I don't want to call it struggle, the journey because journeys notate both positive highs and, you know, sometimes negative lows, but that's the sum of the parts. So in my journey, I think a lot of the reprogramming came because it required me to talk to God and hear him for myself. I think a lot of church girls and not just church girls, but PKs, our parents have been so involved and invested in our spiritual upbringing. They have laid hands on us. They've spoken over us. We've been prophesied over. Um, you've been in church, so you've heard the words. You know the scriptures. You know the revelations. You know that you know it all. But I think finally being out on my own, um, under my mom, out from under my mom's roof. So 
She was up in Maryland still. I decided to jump ship and move to an entire state I knew nobody. And that required a level of faith and a level of relationship in God that really was the catalyst for this journey because it, I had relied so heavily on my mom, yeah. on had relied so heavily on the spiritual covering of my grandparents. So figuring out who I am as a woman, what that will mean for a husband, because I will say one of my deepest, deepest desires was always to be a wife yeah. from young. I was the girl that like, I wanted to be the next Michael Jackson. And then I wanted to be a wife. It was right there. Sing, perform, act, and then be the perfect wife. And then come home to my husband. I am going to see my husband. <laughs> Absolutely. And that has always been my prayer. And the way that I've dealt with men has always been, you know, one track mind. I'm a monogamous person. I'm a one track mind attention person. I am very long term focused. I am very marriage oriented. And I've never changed that. I've never faltered with that. All yeah. I wanted to do was to make sure that my prayers and that who I was becoming along this journey was in alignment with what my new, my heart's desire was. Um, and so even going back to what you were saying about the conversations with your mom about sex, Shirley Davis was the same way. Granted, you're not having it, but here was the agreement. Her, her uh, ask of me was, if you could graduate high school with honors, with college admissions and as a virgin, then I will give you my blessing after you leave the house. And if there's anything you need from me, you can call. Now, I did so because <laughs> granted, sex wasn't even on my mind. It wasn't on the radar. So that was an easy ask. Haven't no have sex? Shout out. I don't, I don't even like boys. Well, I didn't like anybody. Let me put that out there. But once I got out of college, I had a little high school sweetheart. We were best friends for eight, eight or 10 years. Um, and so I finally called her my sophomore year of college and I told her we had been talking about the idea of sex and I didn't know anything. I was a little nervous, but I knew this was the next natural step and I wanted to do it with him. And he too was a virgin. So for us, it felt safe. It felt organic. And I called her. She was the first person I called and I said, mom, here's what I want to do. And she walked me through these, you know, think about your friendship, think about the moment. Here's yeah. what to expect. And then I came home for Christmas break. She took me to get my birth control, told me what I needed and what to expect. And it was still very surface level. So I wasn't necessarily prepared for the act itself, but she had prepared my heart for what happens after the act. Um, and I thank her for that, at least being able to be a lifeline to call for that emotional and spiritual guidance when it came to my body and, you know, that relationship with him because she too loved him as well. Um, but even from their dream, it was a foreign language. Wow. And that was my first experience with any, you know, with a man at all. And so it was just so foreign, girl. It felt so uncomfortable. It felt, and, and I, this is no shade to the guy. It was me. I had never even seen myself as a sexual being. Yeah. You know, I wasn't even comfortable with my own body. And that same and thank God I loved him. Thank God I was safe with him. Thank God we already had a 10 year friendship so we can make mistakes and be goofy. And it was fine. It was, it worked itself out, but traveling through the rest of my adult life, I still felt very icky about even seeing myself as a sexual being. I didn't feel comfortable being in rooms alone with men. I didn't feel comfortable sending sexy text messages. I did not feel comfortable or it felt like a foreign language to entertain a guy. So I would cut things off very soon because yeah. I knew he eventually wanted sex. And baby, that was just not in my playbook. I don't, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. I can't help you. <laughs> and I can talk to you about anything, that, but don't, don't ask me about sex. Don't do that. Cause now I'm too comfortable. My heart's desire wasn't to date and have sex yeah. casually. I wanted to be married. I wanted to be with one man my entire life. I'm gonna be honest with you, girl. I'm a planner. I had my life planned out. I was going to come okay. to UCF going to meet my college sweetheart. We were going to fall in love. We were going to get married right after we graduated. And then we would just be together the rest of our lives. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about dating. I'd have to worry about being sexy for anybody else. I could just be me. And anything I needed to learn in the realm of femininity and sexual um, experiences would happen with my husband in a safe space. Yeah. But boy, did life throw me a curveball. 
And I had to adjust and I had to redefine how do I navigate this space in a way that still honors me because I'm not, I know they use the word whole face, but like, I just, I can't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't, I'm not wired that way. I'm not built that way. I'm not wired that way. And no shade to those who are sexually fluid and and sexually positive. I'm not wired that way. It wouldn't even, it's not desirable to me. I don't have that appetite. Yeah. I very truly stand on the fact that I know God has called me to be a wife. Yeah. And once I was okay with that and I stopped comparing myself to all the young ladies around me who were desired and were pursued and were dating and were living this really like flourishing, it seems so much fun to just be whisked away and wined and dined and suited and booted. And I'm just home in my dorm or I'm home in my apartment. I am watching TV. I am singing. I am literally at home with my puppy while you guys are living the time of your lives. And I compared myself so often and thought that that loneliness was um, a punishment for being so saved. It for can being feel like projection for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But no longer. I, I think part of this three year turnaround for me was really understanding that that's It'll go back to the, the scripture that we'll get to later, but it says, go your way. And the way that God wired me was, I have so many other interests. Sex is just not on my top list. <laughs> I love fashion. I love style. I love decorating. I love events. I love to sing. Lord, I love to sing. I love people. I love to eat and I love to travel. And those things are what build up my time. That's what I focus my mind on. So the appetite of needing to date and to experience new people in an intimate setting, I really have a reserved space in my heart for just one person. Yeah. And that's okay. And I I want other women, and I did not feel comfortable saying that, Dre, until I heard other women on other podcasts, similar to Mrs. Kev on stage, similar to Sarah Jakes Roberts, Women Involved, until I heard other women living in my same space, did I actually have the language? Did I feel comfortable and did I feel safe to say, I'm okay like this. And I am just as much a woman as anyone else, despite what society wants to define to be a desirable woman. Yeah. And I've redefined, I wrote down, so I, I, in prepping for this call, in prepping for this interview, I looked up what does the dictionary define as sexy? And then I had already written down the adjectives that I would define as sexy, and maybe they were night and day. They were night and day. Are you curious? Do you want to know what the dictionary? I want to know. I want to hear what the dictionary defines as sexy. It's the adjectives are provocative, racy, mature, sensual, seductive, risque. Wow. What I had written down prior to reading the dictionary was sophisticated, timeless, sharp-minded, respectable, confident, and stylish. Mm. So the way I divine, defined being sexy was completely different than most of my counterparts of most society. And what I was okay with was those who I attract, both men in an intimate sense, women as friends and sisterhood are the people that will share those same values. Yeah. And that will be my tribe. And if no other people are attracted to that particular brand of sexy, I'm good. That is beautiful. And I love that you keep using the word redefine because that is literally like the the journey that God has had me on um, over my life. I have literally had to redefine what I thought I knew. I had to unlearn and relearn what God wanted me to understand, even down to something as simple, but yet complex as love, mm-hmm. like helping me to understand that the failed or the mistaken or the dropped balls mm-hmm. um, in the love department for people in my life. I've learned that until you are, until you've done your work of reframing what love looks like and what, you know, it should look like, what the author of love, which is God, actually curated for us. 
we're going to do it wrong every time every time and we all we all know that the world i'm i'm honestly not surprised the mature the provocative because you know how we we a lot of times we save certain words until you're a certain age like if you call somebody gorgeous as a baby it feels different they're always pretty they're always cute but you can't be beautiful and gorgeous until you've had some experience and that is just so rogue and it's just so wrong and Mm -hmm. we many times we sexualize things that ain't got nothing to do with sex absolutely has nothing to do with sex has it has everything to do with growth and evolution and ultimately those are things that god has orchestrated us to do he's Mm -hmm. called us to grow and evolve and to become where where in the world that we we get to stamp this thing of sexuality on and, and if you are growing and becoming and doing these things you now are in this provocative space. Like I went, how, why did we even get to those places? I, I don't understand it. And it's so important that we reclaim those things and re, redefine what sexy is, what beauty is and use the word of God to kind of align that. So this is going to be a good place for us to transition to the yes. redefining moment because before me and Gabby got on, the scripture that we're actually utilizing today for our redefining moments is Ecclesiastes chapter nine verses seven through 10. And we were talking, mind you, I I do research. I've been studying the Bible, trying to, trying to, trying to get it in there because I want to genuinely live a life that is aligned with the word of God. I'm not picking and choosing. I don't want to be in here, you know, making up stuff. Um, I don't, I don't want to live out of my carnality. I really want to live a spiritually grounded and well-rounded life and Ecclesiastes Gabby and I both said I had never heard the scripture in my life because it ain't preached first of all it's not preached and I I feel like I know why because of some of the language and the words that's in this scripture it can feel like free reign to do whatever Mm. it can feel Mm -hmm. it because of the way that culture has tainted just about everything that was originally made holy Mm -hmm. and set apart it's now a something else. So I'm going to read, we're actually going to read three different versions. Gabby's going to read her version, which is, I think the the amplified, I'm going to be reading the ESV and I'm going to be reading the message Bible because you know, the message Bible will be coming by our heads. So, (laughs) so Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verses seven through 10, it says, go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart. For God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life and your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningful life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days, for this is your lot, for this is your lot in life, and your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For In the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. So I'm like, okay. Thank you, Lord, for that, that, that piece. But of course I needed to read the whole chapter because I needed to understand where, where are we going with this? We needed context. Where are we going with this guy? Because first of all, what are you talking about? This, this verse. So the book of Ecclesiastes immediately follows um, Proverbs. Um, which is, of course, just full of wisdom and just knowledge. And if you, you're looking for wisdom, read the book of Proverbs. It will give you your whole life. But it immediately follows that book of the Bible. And when I started doing some research, it was just talking about the common destiny for all. And all we all know, we've all lost loved ones just tragically, traumatically, and life is truly a vapor. So this verse was really just helping us kind of understand the way that life is going to go and how mm-hmm. he desires us to live it is mm-hmm. the best way we can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, 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 the wine thing kind of threw me off. I'm like, Lord, you, you want us to drink wine? But Jesus's first miracle was turning water into wine. And we, I, I feel like we, we would just, we today, we look at spirituality and Christianity so wrong. Like it's just boring and it's, it's bland and it's no fun. 
these people were turning up, y'all. They really were. They were living their best full lives. And it was what he wanted for us. It's what he wanted for us. But of course, everything is good in moderation. That We can't just take bits and pieces of the Bible and while out with that thing. We have to understand the fullness of it. So Gabby, read your version. And then I'm going to read the message Bible as well. Okay. So my version says, verse seven, go your way. And your way is italicized for emphasis. Mm. So go your way. Eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a chillful heart. If you are righteous, wise, and in the hands of God, for God has already approved and accepted your works. Let your clothes always be white with purity and do not let the oil of gladness be lacking on your head. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he's given you under the sun, all the days of vanity and futility. For this is your reward in this life and in your work in which you have labored under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there's no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol or nether or the nether world, the place of the day where you're going. Mm. Do you see why the Amplified version just broke that thing right on down? Listen, listen, I want y'all to hear this message Bible because the, when I tell you that thing really got me, I said, <laughs> okay, Lord, I hear you. I hear you, I'm, Lord. I'm listening. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> Verse seven, it says, Steve life, eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh, oh like yes. It. God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Relish with relish life with your spouse, whom you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each one. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it and heartily. This is your last and only chance at it, for there's neither work nor thoughts to think in the company of the dead, where you're most certainly headed. Let me okay. tell you something. I was going to say, <laughs> the first ahead, thing Gabby. I that was, it just shattered everything that we were taught in the purity movement, which is God delights in pleasure. He, he created pleasure, number one. Um, so he knew what we were going to enjoy. He designed it. He created it. And if anything, he facilitates it. And I love Absolutely. how you said in moderation, but there is a, a part and an arm to Christianity that we do not activate enough. And that is simply just enjoying, enjoying others, enjoying yourself, enjoying life. And I love all three versions, how it opens up and just eat your bread with joy. Yeah. And obviously some of these are metaphors for other things, but do everything with joy and joy, like pleasures. That's perhaps it could be wine. Perhaps it could be travel. Perhaps it could be whatever it is that you enjoy, as long as it's not harming others or yourself, but do it with joy. And then I love the part that we're going to, uh, I don't want to lead girl your show, but I got excited when it Let's said talk about it. Come on. It said, because for God has already approved and accepted your works. Yes. Favorite part. Favorite part. Favorite because part. As a believer, as a Christian, and as a woman of God who's already chasing the heart of God, he's approved and accepted the fact that my heart wants and desires to be in alignment with him. Therefore, my comparisons, all of my extra trying to do the most is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. God has already approved and accepted your works. You are righteous, wise, and in the hands of God. And so punishing ourselves, I think, is part of the purity, purity movement. What it has to believe, punishing ourselves, depriving ourselves, um, isolating ourselves from anything that represents happiness, anything that represents pleasure, is actually against the will of God. He wants us to be happy while we're here. Granted, he knows this world is wretched. So while you're here for the futile time, the futile moments that you have a lot, because you do have a certain death. We know that is coming. Absolutely. Love your wife, love your spouse, be holy and faithful to them, but enjoy. Every bit of them. I love how it said dress festively every morning, baby, bright colors. 
patterns, textures. And I did a little research because it kept saying white. And of course, we all, when we think about white, we think of, we automatically think of purity and Mm -hmm. this, but white back in that time, Mm -hmm. people were wowed when you wore the color white because it Mm -hmm. was so rare. Like you, that's, that's your Sunday's best back in the day, pulling out this white. Right. The right. anointing the head with oils. We all know that the frankincense, the myrrh, these weren't just olive oil. This was a scented oil. When you yeah. were looking to do something for someone that was kind, that was different. It that was, was special. It was mm-hmm. special. You pull out your scented oil mm-hmm. and you anoint yourself with it. You make yeah. sure you smell good, look good, smell good. Like, those were things they adorned themselves with that white in that time. And it didn't say occasionally. It, oh, you know, I read that thing, oh, you want me to step every day, God, I hear you. Okay. Yes. And live exuberantly, vibrantly, live yes. vivaciously. I mean, life is, like you said, but a vapor. And I think the most that we do ourselves a disservice yeah. when we coil in, when we overlook opportunities, when we downplay ourselves, when we aren't walking in that confidence, this verse, even though I had never heard it, is automatically not my favorite. And I believe personally, especially when you're even thinking about joining with another person and connecting with them at a wedding ceremony, how beautiful would it be to to say, live joyfully with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this fleeting life, which he's giving you under the sun. And in your translation, it's saying for the hard work of being alive. Exactly. Baby, God knows how hard it is to be alive. And you know, what's so interesting is the joy that he so want, he so desperately wants us to have. Yes. That is a direct fruit of the spirit, right? Yes. It, it, it didn't say happiness, it said joy. Joy. joy is is that emotion that is untouchable and it is a god-given gift it is a fruit of an evidence of the holy spirit joy is that thing and it, it, in the meantime our happiness we're talking about joy it's an untouchable emotion of joy is unwavering yes it's uncircumstantial yes it's permanent and then it says for this is your reward. God is saying, listen, I'm going to give you a reward in heaven. But while you're on earth, my reward is pleasures. Live it to the fullest. Yes. And that's such a beautiful reminder because I think part of, you know, the Christian doctrine is we are to suffer. And I know oh Paul is about suffering. And there's truth to that. Absolutely. But there's a balance as well because the suffering is in a certain context. Absolutely. Suffering for the kingdom and suffering, you know, being able to defend your faith automatically. Absolutely. But there's a pleasure that comes with this life as well while we're here. And when we're in right alignment with God, we're able to enjoy those pleasures in a way that is not destructive in a way that is, you know, not dishonoring or irreverent. And this was such a beautiful reminder. And I think yeah. God led you to this passage on purpose and I'm going to now adopt it. There you go. <laughs> Oh, we are approaching our hour, Gabby, and I try to stay true to my word. I'm not going to hold y'all, but we could do this all day. Gabby and I were just talking about how long it's been since we just exchanged words and just talked and laughed and kikied and just, as you can see, guys, she is a breath of fresh air. So Gabby, do me a favor. Let them know where they can find you after this. Okay. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. So on Facebook, I am Gabrielle Victoria. On Instagram, I am Gabrielle Victoria. My, is it a handle? My handle is yes. Gabby V, M-I-S-S-G-A-B-B-I-V-E-E. And then my professional handle is GV Innovative Strategies, LLC. Um, and Dre will have it all yes, ready all for you at in the, the bottom. For y'all, do yourself a solid, do yourself a favor and follow her. Connect she, with me. She she gonna give you the looks, okay? I, I just love following her because she she gives such life and she does it so eloquently, so, so beautifully. I mean, she gonna step everywhere she goes. If you're looking to put together an outfit in the future, 
just just check out her page for for just tidbits of just style because she gonna give it to you every single time every time. and i do do some styling so if you ever Absolutely. need a little slide into the dms i will be happy to steer you in the right direction because i live breathe fashion i love it yes thank you so much for being thank here. you Dre. this has been so good and i hope that perhaps our testimony our stories our journeys resonate with someone and that was just my prayer for today was i was able to unlock all of that unpacking because i heard someone else's transparency yeah so i just hope that our truth and our transparency does that same because we are not alone and i know i wasn't the only woman dealing with that block of beauty and femininity and womanhood and balancing being yeah. saved and being sexy. Um, and I think there's so much more to that conversation that we can Absolutely. be having. Absolutely. You guys <laughs> know what to do. Like, comment, talk to us. We want to hear from you. Yes. And until next time, folks, we are going to continue to grow and glow on this podcast. If this is your first time here, subscribe. You found your home. We love to have you here and we're going to keep going higher and higher and higher until next time, folks. I love y'all. Thank you so much, Gabby, for being with us. Bye guys.